With your spirit, glory to you, O Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. 
was taking a bit of a risk, now knowing that background, how messy that was. But, as we heard in this reading, he puts his trust in God. Puts his trust in God and doesn't take his wife or himself for any selfish reason, but instead for a noble purpose. We take risks all the time. Who likes to gamble a little bit? I don't talk about gambling at church, but maybe a little. Okay, I think someone's been to the casino to visit the one-armed bandit before once or twice. I see a couple people smiling out there. I see your soul. <laughs> We've all had experiences in taking chances one way or another. But gambling can be tricky, though, if you know anything about it. Whether it's out in the casino or in the real world, you want to be conservative with your bets until you have a really good hand. And then you go for big money. Or, if you have the guts for it, you go all in. Because you're sure this hand is the one. One of my favorite lines from a priest friend of mine, this Catholic marriage is a game that you only get to play if you're all in. You wait until you get the best possible hand and then you bet it all in front of a guy in a funny outfit. But instead of a casino, you're in a church. And instead of money, you bring your very selves, your entire self, going all in for one another. Marriage has a distinct dignity over and above those who are unmarried and separate from what we do, Father PJ and I. Because the essential properties of what marriage is are unity and indissolubility which in the sacrament of marriage, as we witness here, are strengthened by God's grace. What that means is that these two are ready to make a covenant with God for life, a promise that made in the proper spirit is irrevocable. Now, the fact that they're not running away at this point, one or the other, is a good sign. And I have been in charge of forming them for this moment in their life for a part of the year. And me, myself, as being experienced and going all in for a vocation, I've been eyeing them up from across the table, seeing not only if they've got the chips, if they've got what it takes, but also if they have the guts to go all in. And I can say, I think they're ready. Remember what I said about my own vocation, how I'm a priesthood. You know, you lay down on the cold marble in front of the bishop and you put your hands in his going all in. Well, marriage is first and foremost a vocation. A vocation is what you are called by God not only to do, but to be. For me, I'm a priest, so I offer the sacrifice of God's people on his altar, communicating his law and his love. Same with Father Egypt. And that gives us a distinct dignity in our vocation as priests. Marriage, though, isn't just what you do when you are old enough. And even then, our culture might say it's only when you want to. You two, Jack and Hannah, you have been called by God to be married in this church. I'm here to testify to that, otherwise I wouldn't be here. And you are here to give your consent and to bear children who love and fear God as a fruit of that union, that sacrament of love. 
who you are and what you do from this point forward will be utterly changed. And be successful, as you may have guessed already, beyond the element. One of the most beautiful lines from the church's teaching about marriage, I think, is from Gaudium that Spence, which is a document, as you may have guessed, for our Latin scholars out there, is about the joy and hope of the Christian life and who the church is meant to be. It says, authentic married love is caught up into divine love and is governed and enriched by Christ's redeeming power and the saving activity of the church so that this love may lead the spouses to God with powerful effect and may aid and strengthen them in the sublime office of being a father or a mother. Now that phrase, sublime office, sublime means inspiring or grace and beauty. That's kind of what we want, right? That's what we have the flowers set up the way we do, why Anna's dressed so prettily, and of course Jack, you're doing all right, and everyone else is doing, you know, looking their best, and us priests are wearing the gold. But it's not external appearances. We want our love to be caught up into that love of the Trinity, which originally poured out into creation. God's children. And you are being called to be a sign of that same kind of love now, why does the church call being a father and mother a sublime office? It seems kind of weird, right? I thought about this for some time. Why would they say a mother and a father are ones who hold an office? But when it might have on the office of priesthood, it came with, yes, privileges, but also responsibilities. And when you take home that first, and please God, each subsequent bundle of joy from the hospital, you take on a new office, too. Your lives, perhaps even more so than now, are drastically changed because you're no longer just responsible for yourselves, but for new life as a gift from God. If you don't believe me, what do people under our care call us? Father, right? What will the people under your care call you? Mom and Dad. A sign of your office and duty to raise them to respect you and God. As I've already said, I love that reading from Tobit, and you know, Tobiah and Sarah, wow, you know, they, they really get it, right? They give thanks to God and witness to their disinterested love for not only themselves, but for him, for each other. And they ask for his blessing too, all in one fell swoop at the foot of their marriage bed. Now, when I say disinterested love, I don't mean, you know, cold or aloof or uncaring. In fact, it's just the opposite. I mean without self-interest. Totally loving the other for the other's sake. A truly noble purpose, and I love that. So, Jack and Anna, remember always where your love truly comes from. Be a house of prayer that's fertile for the faith of your children and share every aspect of your life together and hold nothing back so that every time you say I love you, either, either it's when Jack maybe is a promise to mom or you know, you screw something up and you have to say I love you real quick and you're actually like I 
say it anyway, and like each and every time, it means I love you and I'm going all in for you. And by being here, you too, right here, right now, you are saying to him, and you are saying to her that I am going all in, laying it all out there for you, that I love you. One last story before I hang it out here. I once was talking to an elderly priest who uh, has since gone to God now, but he lived a lot of life, believe me, an old man he died. And it must have been, uh, you know, two, three years before I was ordained. I was well into major seminary and I was kind of scared. I was unsure of myself. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go face down on the marble and keep it together enough to actually, you know, say the words, right? How I could ever possibly give my whole self to the priesthood, let alone be successful. But what he told me in our conversation has really struck, stuck with me and struck me. And I think it here applies. He said to me, this life we live, it's a beautiful life. And the best advice I can give you is if you want to keep the love you give, then don't spend a single second trying to take any of it back. 